morning everybody this is Victoria your dog guru and today we are answering questions about your dogs but before we get into any of that I want to tell all of you that I hope that you are healthy and happy and that while you're staying at home you're enjoying yourselves you're not going completely stir crazy hopefully this podcast helps take your mind off of things this is a great time to work with your dog by the way if you've ever had behavior problems you're home all the time now, so this is the perfect time to address them. So if you have any questions, you can send them to me at askdogguru at gmail.com. The link is in the show notes. And if you are new to the show, I want to welcome you. Thank you for joining us. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that you can hear all the upcoming episodes. It's always free to listen. I also want to encourage you to join the Dog Guru Hounds group on Facebook. Just search for Dog Guru Hounds. There's a picture of French Bulldog. It says, Ask Your Dog Guru. You can share stories, pictures, meet other listeners who love the show, and you can submit questions there. So it's kind of like a one-stop shop. I do get a lot of questions via email, though, because some people aren't comfortable with their name being shared out there along with their dog situation. They don't want their neighbors to see those sorts of things. So feel free to email me. That's fine with me. For those of you who are joining us, once again, thank you. For the first time in a long time, I checked our numbers and we have 14,000 subscribers as of the last time I checked, which was over the weekend. So thank you guys for making this as big as it is. Because of the show, I've been presented with some phenomenal opportunities. I've had experiences I wouldn't have otherwise had, and a lot of that is because you guys listen every week. And the tips I'm going to be offering this week are going to surround how to keep your sanity and your dog entertained during this quarantine period, because a lot of you have large dogs and you're in restricted spaces, so I'm going to make some suggestions on things that you can do to beat the boredom. Like many of you, there have been impacts to my business and I'm right in the same boat with you guys. I understand that the stress levels are high. The resolution is kind of up in the air and you're stressed. That translates to your dog. Your dog is feeling that stress. And so you might be seeing some behaviors crop up that you haven't before. And that goes back to what I said once before, which is that environment changes everything for a dog. So now you guys are home all the time when you previously had a nine to five or maybe even were working more hours than that in a day. And now you're home all the time and perhaps the issues you never dealt with are driving you crazy. And perhaps the dog is kind of overwhelmed by the fact that you're home all the time. I have had you guys writing in about that, but I want you guys to take a deep breath with me because we're all gonna get through this together and we're going to stay sane together (laughs) and bring peace and tranquility right to the home. So rather than focusing on all of the negative things that we easily let in when we're stuck in the house, let's shake it off and try and see this as an opportunity to address things that perhaps we haven't had time to prior to now. For those of you listening who have asked how you can help, I'm beyond grateful to you. Really, the best way to help is if everyone were to send in a dollar. Really. I mean, it's such a small amount, but a dollar from all of our listeners, I mean, I told you our numbers, so that would mean really production for a year for us. I mean, a dollar to a listener is not that much of an investment, but if everyone that listened did it, that would change everything. I told people a long time ago with this show, when they asked me why I do it for free, 
it's because I feel like everybody deserves an answer from somebody who can give it to them. And there was a long period in my career where I couldn't give back. And I really don't ever want to charge for you guys to listen to the show or to write into the show. I want it to always be free for you guys to listen. So I haven't budged on that. And for that reason, I actually haven't sold the show. I've been approached by a couple of different companies to sell the show over the three years I've been doing this. And I always turned it down because at some point they were going to monetize the show so that it wasn't free to listen for everybody who was already listening. And I said, no, that's not what I want to do. But if you love the show and you're glad that I'm doing it and you truly want to help, that is a great way to help me. I honestly am astounded that our numbers are as high as they are. And it just tells me that whatever I'm doing here means a lot to you guys. And for those of you writing in that want to help, that's the best way. In the show notes, I'm going to include two links. One to the app that I use, which is SLL Encrypted. I will never see your account information, but it would certainly help me get through this difficult time. You guys have heard me refer to my family. I do this for a living, and while I'm resolute and never charging you guys to listen to the show, and that won't change, I have had to make some serious sacrifices to make that possible, but... Quite frankly, I don't regret it. I would do it again. I feel that this can be a long-term resource. People can listen to these episodes over and over and get lots of tips and tricks that can help them throughout their dog's life and their life as the owner. Without further ado, let's get to your questions. First question of the day comes from Rosa and she writes, Hi dog guru, I have a question about my dog Hardy. He's always been the most lovable pit bull pup, but recently he seems depressed. Am I crazy to think that my dog has become depressed? I'm home all the time now and I don't understand why all of a sudden he's acting withdrawn and like he doesn't want to do anything. He's still eating normally and drinking, but he just isn't himself. Could something be wrong or is my dog depressed? Yes to both questions. Because, yes, your dog could be depressed, but there could be something else going on. You know, if your dog is actually acting lethargic, it could be something bigger. Perhaps he doesn't feel well. So I would try today to get him interested in, you know, playing ball. See if he will do anything that includes activity. And if he will, then I would assume there's some form of depression going on and recommend more exercise. Because just like with us, exercise is great for the dog. Now you're probably wondering, well, how am I gonna do that? When I'm supposed to be quarantined, I can get in huge trouble. I understand. So mental stimulation is a huge tool for you guys right now because it will exhaust your dog and they'll get the payoff and confidence builder, which is great for depression dogs. So, and I can tell you, if, I don't know if your dog is a highly emotional dog, but if they are, this is where you're going to see it because they're going to absorb a ton of your emotion. And that can be kind of depressing if you've been especially stressed out about finances and being home from work and not knowing with all the uncertainty of what's going on. I'm sure that's had an impact on your psyche. And 
by association your dog too. You know, they are kind of like emotional sponges, especially if they're an emotional dog. And I know pits as a whole are very emotional dogs. So he could just be overwhelmed with the stress in the house. The other thing I would recommend is doing some doggy massages. This, there's a couple reasons I'm recommending this. One, it's because it feels good. But the other is because if something all of a sudden he jerks away or is very uncomfortable, you'll know that something else could be bothering him, something physical. So I would, and I always do very light pressure on dogs, you know, no more pressure than you would use on an infant. And it isn't because you need, you don't need to penetrate their muscles like a deep tissue massage that we do on people. Dogs are way more active than people. Even the sedentary breeds are more active than the average person. They don't need a deep tissue massage. They do need physical touch and connection. And it could be possible that right now your emotional state is affecting your dog. Maybe put on music during the day to lift your mood so that when your dog is around you, you're not as sad. Open up the blinds, let the light in. You know, all of these natural things that we get every day when we go out and walk our dogs, you're not necessarily getting right now. If you have a treadmill at home though, this is a great opportunity to teach your dog to walk on the treadmill. Do not do it super long. Five, 10 minutes is plenty enough time, but, and do it on a slow setting. Just don't tie them to the treadmill. Don't do anything crazy. You need to be right there. And this is for dogs that are treat motivated because you can get them, you can lure them onto the treadmill and get them walking and praise them for it. And that's a great way if you have like a Husky at home or a Vishla, just any breed that's super active normally and you're now cooped up in a smaller space, even if it's a big house, it can make us all stir crazy. So do what you can to exercise them in the yards if you have them. But for those of you who don't, I would highly recommend you get them used to your treadmill so that you're getting some of their physical needs met. I did see a guy the other day playing ball in the hallway with his dog. You know, he's, they're, they're quarantined, but they're using the hallway to, you know, throw a ball, ball back and forth with their dogs. So there's, there's another idea. But no, it certainly isn't crazy to think that your dog is depressed. I just want to rule out that your dog isn't in some sort of pain and you're just noticing it now because you're home more to notice it. So do that doggy massage, put on some music, something to kind of lift the mood in the house and see if it affects your dog's behavior. If he's still acting in a slump, go ahead and email me at askdogguru at gmail.com. Dear Dog Guru, very curious to hear your thoughts on this. My husband has been pushing for us to get a dog for a long time. I am finally on board, but he's pushing for right now. He says and makes the point that since we're both home right now, it's the best time to raise a puppy. What are your thoughts? I mean, kudos to him. His argument is not a bad one. I would say this. It's not a bad time to take on a puppy if you were already in a financial an emotional, and emotional place to do it. If you're doing it to kind of entertain yourselves and you're about to go back to very busy lives, then no, I wouldn't recommend it because this dog is going to get so used to having you guys around and then you're not, neither of you are going to be around. That's going to be a huge shift. And that's where you're going to see dogs go through. I was just talking about a depression. Other dogs, 
you know, they'll kind of act out to get attention by doing negative things. And then some people will often get a dog to keep another dog company, but now you've got two unruly dogs at home. So I would say if you both have the time and you both are in agreement that you want the dog and you really don't feel like you're caving, that you just, it's more, it was more of a timing thing and you have the energy to devote to training because it's just like raising a baby, then go for it. Really. I mean, I see no reason not to. There are a ton of breeders right now and adoptable dogs right now in foster homes and in rescue situations where they're doing, I mean, I don't know what the procedure right now with what all is going on with COVID-19, if that is affecting rescues, but I'm sure it has some impact. I mean, it's had an impact on me, but whatever route you were going to get a dog, I would say go forward with it. Even two weeks one-on-one with a dog at home is a tremendous amount of learning time. And honestly, most owners don't get that with their dogs or don't plan to get it. I mean, a lot of people have the available time in their schedules, but they don't actually schedule to train a dog. So you'd be ahead of the game. A couple things to consider though. If vets offices are only taking emergencies, you won't be able to keep the dog slash puppy up to date on shots. So that's one thing to think about. Second thing is socialization is extremely important for puppies and adult dogs alike. And especially when you're first establishing boundaries with a new dog, whether it's a puppy or an adult. So because we're all kind of restricted to our space, I would just caution you that you're going to need to expose this dog to other dogs. And without that history, you could run into, you know, a dog that barks at other dogs, a dog that lunges at other dogs, a dog that snaps at other dogs, any number of those things. So just keep all of that in mind when you're going forward with this, that socialization is still going to be a need for this dog. And so is healthcare. Heaven forbid the dog actually gets sick when you bring them home. You know, a lot of owners don't expect to be foot you know, saddled with a brand new bill, but it happens a lot and rescues and breeders. It happens a lot. So just be financially ready to do it. Make sure you have funds set aside to do it and make sure that you're ready to do the follow through after the fact. And definitely when things open up again, sign the dog up for a group class so you can get that social aspect. It may be later in the game because of the scenario we're in, but at least you were providing a lot of the training beforehand. In fact, your dog may not be there for training by the time you get to train them in a group environment. They may be there just to be exposed to other dogs and learn how to deal with that, which is even better. In my opinion, it's even better. Is it ideal? No. In an ideal world, you do both at the same time. But we're not living idealistic lives right now. We're, we're all in survival mode and doing what we can to help one another. I think keeping this show going in such a stressful time may provide aid to people who have kind of thrown up their hands with their dogs. So if you're feeling distressed by what's going on in your home or there's some new issues with your dogs, please email them to me. Please email them to me. It doesn't cost you anything. You can leave your name out of it. It's not about getting recognition necessarily. 
Now, if you are happy and comfortable with your name being released, great. But it's more about you guys feeling that there is support to you when you can't go out and just hop and get it. So my best wishes to you and your husband on your new dog whenever you get them. Please share a photo. I would love to see your new dog. And I wish you the best of luck. I don't want anybody to be discouraged. You know, I have told my breeder friends, I don't think it's a good time to be breeding dogs because you don't know what's going to be going on. But for those dogs that have already been bred and they're just having their litters already, well, we are where we are. Dog still needs a home. But anybody, in my opinion, right now who's breeding right now is being greedy because there's no possible way they could ensure these dogs are all going to have homes because the financial stress of the financial pressure that we're all under, you know, finding homes for eight puppies is no easy undertaking. My sister actually went through this last year. She really, she had a beautiful dog and, you know, it wasn't even her dog. And long story short, she thought she had all of these homes like nailed down before the puppies were born and poof by the time the puppies were all born they all disappeared and she was struggling to find homes for these beautiful puppies and it, it's more a problem now than even ever before perhaps because the shelters are overloaded there aren't enough active vets that are doing normal appointments. So if your dog goes into labor, you know, you might have have the resources available if there's another emergency on the table. These are things you need to consider. And a good breeder would consider these things and be like, I'm not going to breed my female this season because I don't know by the time that she has those puppies that there are going to be solid homes for them. So... That's my two cents on that. You won't often hear me weigh in on what I feel about breeding in general because I actually am not against breeders at all. Um, I feel that there is a place for them. And I have both adopted and gotten dogs from breeders. I've done both. And they both are advantageous in their own way. So I see a place in society for both. I don't agree with being greedy. And so if you're breeding a dog or considering breeding a dog right now with all that's going on and you're like, well, I need the money. Well, quite frankly, if you're a breeder, this is probably not your own only income unless you're breeding too often because any good breeder will tell you there's not a ton of money in it. There really is not. So food for thought guys. Now let's get to my tips for what to do to prevent you guys going stir crazy at home and to keep your dogs stable while you're all of a sudden faced with being around each other all the time. For a lot of you, this is a godsend. For many of you, you're like me and you love nothing more than having a fluffy face right next to you while you're doing your inventory. Or, you know, some of us wish we could bring our dogs to the office with us and some of us can. But for those of you who are at home right now and dealing with a dog that's distressed or perhaps you just don't know how to address the normal things that come with being 
a dog owner, like the things that you probably can't do very much now. You're probably allowed to go out for exercise, so your dog is probably still getting exercise. Maybe not as often, but still getting exercise. You heard me mention earlier, a treadmill is a great way to get out energy. I say that very cautiously because I don't want people getting their dogs on a treadmill for an hour and their paws getting burned. So that's the first reason I'm a little cautious about bringing that stuff up. But there are other ways to entertain your dog. Anybody with a garage can do the following. You can play ball with your dog in the garage. That one's kind of obvious. I recommend doing basic obedience at least once or twice a day. Why once or twice a day? Because if you're not doing once or twice a day, it's going to be stimulating for them. If you are, then I would try and do, I would work on tricks or shaping behaviors or really cool things. Like right now I have a former client that's teaching her dog to retrieve cans from the fridge, if you know what I mean. So that's pretty cool. And she has a golden retriever that now opens the refrigerator with a dog toy that I, to I told her. I was like, just tie a dog toy around their fridge and show her more than the cans are. Make them low enough where he can get them and praise them every time he touches it with his nose. Within a week, he was retrieving them. Why? Because golden retrievers like to retrieve. It was kind of a natural exchange. <laughs> Just shape and build. So this is a great time to mentally wear your dog out. And sometimes if you're in an apartment, that's all you've got. The other thing that I like doing with dogs is putting them in the stay and then going to the other side of the room and then having them come. Now this is, this is not a speed test. The reason I recommend this is it takes a lot out of a dog to hold a sit stay or a down stay while you're moving in different directions. And sometimes I even toss toys and things so that the dog really has to work to hold the stay. Now, why am I doing this? Because I want the dog to be tired. I want them to be tired so that they're not tearing apart their bed or my, my bed in their boredom. I'm doing it because there's something to stimulate here. You know, a dog's intelligence is often wasted because it's just never brought to its capacity of understanding. You know, we kind of write off what dogs understand, what they know, what they're capable of. I don't because I have a service dog and I have seen dogs both in things that I've trained them to do and in dogs that have learned things I have never taught them to do, the impossible. So... I kind of take it on a case-by-case -case basis. I always used to tell clients, unless there is a distinct reason I can see that they would not do this, I'm going to assume they will. Because why not? If you just learn what makes them happy, what motivates them, and appeal to those senses, then you've won. They always want to impress us. Pretty much all dogs work to be people pleasers on some level or another. Now, to what extent varies wildly across the board. Self-control exercises, just as a rule of thumb, are usually more draining than physical exercises that you can do with your dog. You can have them run around in a dog park, but if you make them hold to stay for 10 minutes with nothing to do, I mean, you will, you would be impressed at how tired they are after the fact. They just want to lay down and take a nap. I highly recommend for those of you that don't have dogs that are good on leash that you work on your leash walking behaviors and really focus on getting eye contact from them during a walk because it will change dramatically how often you have to work on them pulling. If they're actually paying attention to you, they'll pull very, very rarely, if at all. So 
work on getting eye contact as you're walking and you'll see how that shifts your walk. And the other big tip I have about walking, you can do this right in your home, just clip a leash to them, is work on all the things that you're gonna want them to do outside and then practicing them sporadically outside. So it's not really all about training when you're out on a walk. You know, they can enjoy their walk too since your time is gonna be limited to be giving them that physical outlet. But also at home, you can do things like having them sit at your side and wait and then say, okay, let's go and start going. And then you can work on come when called at a distance, you know, have them put in a sit stay across the house. And then, you know, it doesn't have to be a huge place to do all of these things because self-control exercises are just that much more valuable to use right now because they're draining, they're tiring. And you can use this information later on. So if you had a dog that was really reactive, well, now you probably don't because now you're working on their eye contact, they're focusing on you at a distance, they're holding their position and not fidgeting. I mean, those are skills they never had before. So those will filter down when you call upon them later on in a more stressful environment with like another dog involved or somebody on a bicycle or what have you. Another thing that I would recommend while you guys are bored and perhaps not interested in training at this particular moment and you just wanna have some fun, puzzle games are great for people and children and dogs. You can teach a dog to play hide and go seek simply by hiding and letting the dog find you and giving them a cookie when they do or praising them when they do. Kids love this with the dog. It's confidence building for the dog. It's fun for kids. And some adults do this with their dogs too, just because they can get really creative with trying to hide from their dog. I have seen pictures. So if you're looking for something to switch things up, go ask someone, if there's more than one of you in the house, ask someone to hide from the dog and then encourage the dog by saying, go find insert name here. And at first you make it super obvious, right? You hide in obvious spaces where they can plainly see you. And as soon as they make eye contact and touch you with their nose or whatever you want your signal to be, you praise them, you give them a cookie, you rub on them, you love on them. And then you repeat the same process over and over and you gradually make it more and more difficult. You can do this with toys too. You can have them find things by scent and by name. If you start, you, you have to start by making it extremely obvious so that it's not hard for them to get the hang of. And then they'll start sniffing it out and that's when it can get fun. You can get really creative with hiding it around the yard. You can hide multiple toys. I have a client that had a dog that was extremely destructive and we started doing this and instead of destroying things he was so busy trying to find things that she had hidden around the house when she was gone at work he never destroyed anything again because he was so excited by the time he found something that she had hidden for him it didn't even occur to him to destroy it he was just so glad he finally had it so those are my tips for right now i of course will have plenty more tips for you in the coming weeks and in the meantime, I hope that this message finds you healthy and that you continue to be healthy as well as your families, your dogs, your loved ones, all of that matters, that we have a sense of community right now. And don't forget, I'm here for you. If you have a doggy question, please send it. The email once again is askdogguru at gmail.com. The link will be in the show notes along with a link to Dark Gypsy Boutique, which we're doing 
uh, $10 off of your purchase right now. So the information for that will be in there. And last but not least, if you would like to share a dollar, it's like I said, I mean, a dollar from every listener would just be incredible. It would mean the world to me. I want to thank everybody for writing in and continuing to do so. And that's it for me today, everybody. This has been Victoria, your dog guru. Namaste.